there is this, uh, I don't know what you call it, but in the middle of this horror movie, you had these sort of uh, normal human touches, you know, and uh, I like that. Uh, at least good for me, and I think it's good for Michelle too, and for, for Denise, you know, to, to forget that you actually are playing these strange characters that, that you forget your makeup, your costume, your whatever, you know, and you know, love is love. <laughs> whichever way you want to put it. So, and I hope there's going to be a little bit more of that in in the in the first one because it's um, you know if, if you have two minutes of that, then you can, it's easier to do the next ten minutes. Hello and welcome to Subspecies Week on Spill Your Guts. I'm your host, Kevin Lane. This episode is our sit-down with the great Honest Hove, who really needs no introduction for Subspecies fans. Originally a Season 1 release, we are presenting this interview again here as part of our Subspecies Week lineup. If you've heard it before, listening to it again as part of this complete narrative that is being presented this week offers new insights. For those who are listening for the first time, Strap in, because Honest is one of a kind in absolutely the best way imaginable. Okay, I'll defer to season one me to finish this introduction. Starting now. Hello, and welcome to Spill Your Guts. I'm your host, Kevin Lane. Every generation has their monsters, and while the 70s and 80s saw the monsters moving away from the gothic castles of Transylvania to the suburbs... There is one monster from the 90s that reigns supreme in the mold of classic vampires, going all the way back to Max Schreck's iconic performance as Orlok and F.W. Murnau's masterwork, Nosferatu. Produced in 1991 by genre royalty Charles Band's Full Moon Entertainment and directed by Full Moon veteran Ted Nicolau, Subspecies has become a beloved franchise spawning multiple excellent sequels, including series highlight Bloodstone Subspecies 2, which may be Full Moon's best film. There's a lot about subspecies to admire, from Nicolau's assured direction to the stunning location shooting in Romania and the rock-solid performances from Denise Duff and Kevin Spiritus as the heroes. But the star of the show is unquestionably the series' antagonist, Radu. A centuries-old vampire, Radu is grotesque and vile, usually gore dripping from his fanged maw while he speaks in a rasping, decrepit voice. This is not the romantic vampire of Hammer films, but a force of evil that will stop at nothing to reclaim his birthright, the Bloodstone. He's one of my personal favorite monsters. Radu is played by Honest Hoven. A Danish actor, Honest deftly manages the balance of keeping Radu sinister and menacing, but also imbues the character with an unexpected empathy and a haunting past. It's a truly remarkable transformation when you find that Honest himself is a low-key, kind, thoughtful man. Honest and I talk about his years growing up in Greenland as well as his father's significant political impact, why he thinks there's far more important things to life than being an actor, 
the challenges of shooting in Romania, and how important it is to find the humanity when playing a monster. We will have more interviews with the folks behind the subspecies saga ahead, including Charles Band, Ted Nicolau, Denise Duff, and Kevin Spiritus, as we prepare for the much-anticipated subspecies Blood Rise, which sees the gang all returning after a more than 20-year gap since the last film. The film has been shot and will be released in 2023. Without further delay, my fletchlings, let there be a bloodbath with Honest Hoven. Honest. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining me. I'm really excited to have you on here. I'm a big fan. Well, we'll see after the show. Yeah. I changed my mind. Um, I want to make sure I get... Am I pronouncing your name properly? No, you're, it's, fine. it's fine. Okay. Do you remember the first movie you saw that scared you? Freaked you out? The first scary movie that you ever went and saw? Yeah. But that was not a, that was not a horror movie or anything. I don't know what it's called in English, but it, it was an old, obviously... Uh, War movie called yeah. The De- Detour to Alexandria. That would be the Danish translation. Okay. And it was about these soldiers down in Egypt somewhere that came to place where they had to drive over an area which were, I don't know what it's called in, in, uh, in English. You, that sort of sand that sucks you down, sucks you in. Oh, quicksand. Yeah, quicksand, yeah. That was fucking scary. I remember, I don't know, maybe I was seven, eight years old. I saw that in Greenland. And that was, yeah, that really scared the hell out of me. <laughs> but I yeah. never believed horror movies and stuff like that. I never watched any of it, to tell you. Bella Lugosi or any of those classics or any of that stuff? No, no, I don't watch movies, and I know it sounds horrifying, jaded, and whatnot. What I do watch is uh, I love documentaries. Yeah, good yeah. documentaries. I think that is, uh, yeah, that, that's the best. Uh, I love it. I simply love it. But maybe yeah, that- I'm a big documentary fan myself. <laughs> I uh, I watched. Um, uh, have you seen any of Werner Herzog's documentaries? No. Which one are you thinking of? He did this one called The Grizzly Man. It's about a guy who who tries to live with grizzly bears and ends up, you know, uh, kind of losing himself in this community of grizzly bears. Didn't he die? Yeah. Yeah. A a young fellow and a tent and... uh, Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that a long time ago. Yeah, it's... um, What the hell is happening to people? Get out of there. One of the things that's interesting to me with documentaries right now, if you look at like Netflix and stuff, is like there's all these true crime documentaries that people watch now. And that is such like a thing for people. They're really hooked on that stuff. But they, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, but some of them are really good. I mean, I can't, I don't have that uh, Netflix. uh, But um, I I can't, one of the best documentaries that comes to mind is uh, the one that uh, uh, Kabbalah's wife did on the making of... Uh, Apocalypse Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really love that one. So I mean, that yeah, it, it, 
Heart of Darkness or something? Heart, Heart of Dark- Darkness for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the scenes yeah. with the Dennis Harper. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> what a piece. He was so crazy when he made that movie. It was. Uh, I don't know what he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Wait, I think they were all on a lot of drugs. Yeah. A lot yeah. of drugs. Yeah. It's one way to get through a shoot yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. We did, we did a lot of drinking drug. on the first uh, subspecies, but not drugs. But we did a lot of drinking. That was Ted mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you read Ted's book, uh, The Potato Man or something? I don't know. I don't remember what. Ted wrote a book? He wrote a book about um, <laughs> the filming of the subspecies, the first one. He never told oh, me that. Oh, man. You, uh, <laughs> that is so embarrassing. So fun and so scary, too. I mean, it. Yeah, it was um, it was strange times because it was, it was right after Ceausescu that uh, the dictator down there died, and the people were happy, crazy, drunk, strange, and what? I mean, it was it was just a crazy time. We were supposed to be there for four weeks. We ended up being there for fourteen weeks. You know, I mean, uh, people got crazy. They simply went crazy. When I was preparing for our interview, I went back and looked at your filmography and, you know, I saw you to like, you had a reoccurring role on General yeah. Hospital. Caesar, I think is that the yeah, character? Yeah, Of course, with, you know, a soap, you're playing the same part for probably a long period yeah. of time. And of course, next to doing that character, the character you've played the most is Radu in, in the subspecies films. But pr- prior to that, the first horror movie I saw on your resume was Critters 4. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's the first thing i did uh, out there yeah in 91 yeah. uh where you played the, the the captain rick who's like the captain of the spaceship yeah. um did you audition for it like how did you end up playing that part yeah i think i uh, yeah i auditioned uh, for it um one time i think uh yeah and that was my yeah my first job in uh, los angeles that's right that's right that uh, I met, uh, what is his name? Uh, Brad Dourif. Funny guy back then. I mean, I guess he's still too funny, but he's quite a character and a great actor. I went back and watched the movie to see, you know, your performance. And, um, you know, it's quite a cast. Angela Bassett is a wonderful actor. Brilliant. Um, Brad Dourif, brilliant. Uh, you know, it's 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 quite a great, a great a good cast. Did, did you have fun working with with Brad and with Angela Bassett? Yeah, I mean, I don't. Uh, to, to be honest, I don't remember much of it because uh, I mean, working in in the states were different than working. I mean, back here we, you know, I think we do a minkle a lot on the set, and you know, but this there was there was not a lot of minkling there. You know, you you had your caravan and. Uh, that's where you vanished into when you were not on set. So I didn't talk to them a lot, but I remember something that really hit me was that um, Angela Bassett, uh, I mean, I, and I guess we were pretty much the same age, maybe she's slightly younger, I don't know. But she was praying all the time, which I sort of 
okay, maybe that's a way to do it. I, mean, I, I don't know, but it just sort of hit me. I mean, I think the Americans as such have a tendency to take God hostage whenever they have to do whatever, you know. I mean, whether they get an Oscar thrown out of a pub, you know, it's a, it's, it's a funny thing. But I just remembered Angela and God bless her, by the way, but still. Did you, were you familiar with the franchise at all? Or did you know about the other Critters movies? No, or? No, I I'm guessing not. not. I didn't know. Yeah. I, you know, I sort of figured if you didn't, you know, if you didn't watch Dracula and stuff, I figured you weren't watching Critters no. 3. You know, there were other movies, uh, but I, I, I didn't see them, I must admit. But I still get a residual from, from the creators from time to time. Yeah. $6.99. You know, I mean, it's just, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it very much. But it's just so fun. You got mail. Thank you very much. $5. It's fine. It's fun. It's a funny movie to watch, though, because like it has all these great sets, the spaceship and all that yeah. stuff. And but then the monsters are not in the movie very much. I was like, where are the creatures? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sort of a weird setup. And then you get killed in a very interesting way when one of the creatures sort of burrows into your yeah. mouth. <laughs> um, was that your first time dealing with prosthetics and all that stuff? Yeah, it must have been. It must have been, yeah. And I've never been into that. I tried it. I never tried it really before, before that. Like all the films you had made in, in the Danish films and stuff you'd done, you never had to do prosthetics or any of that stuff for those? No, films? no. No. Uh, not before and not after LA, so to speak. No, I never tried it. So. But I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, on, on Wednesday, I'm going to go up to some costume uh, rehearsals and meet a director. Uh, I have to play a very old guy in a wheelchair. So maybe they'll put something in my face. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Do you, like, do, you, do, you, do you like wearing prosthetics? Does, do they bother you? Or how do you. Uh, uh, do you hate because it? Because <laughs> when we did the first one, I they did. We did movies. Uh, it it will easily take three hours to put on, and it's you know just you just have these fingers in your face, you know, three hours, and you go fucking nuts, and take at least two hours to get it off. You, know? so you have to get early up in the morning, and by the time the rest of the crew is drunk, you know you, you're done, and then they go to bed, and then now what? <laughs> but yeah. um, um, no, but it's fine. But it, no, I don't like it. It's, uh, but uh, you know, I, I think it's the next Wednesday or something like that. I'm going to Cincinnati for for a week. Uh, the, the makeup guy will come, and uh, yeah, spoil my day. Now you were born in Greenland, right? No, I wasn't actually. But I was only a few months old when I got up there. I was born in Denmark. Oh, you were born in Denmark. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The internet lied to me. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know it's it's out there somewhere that I was yeah. born in Denmark, in Greenland. But, um, well, we'll just keep it that way. <laughs> so you went to Greenland when you were a few months old? Yeah. And when did you, and you lived there for most of your childhood? Yeah, I lived there for 15 years. 
And then I came okay. back in when maybe in in seventy or something. 19, okay. 70. And your your folks were your mom was a nurse and your dad was a meteorologist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Cool. And did you have siblings? Yeah, three sisters. Three sisters. So yeah, we were four all together. What and any of them? Uh, you know, you ended up in the arts. Any of your other family members pursue a career? In yeah, the arts? my my big sisters went uh, went uh, ended up in the arts too. Um, she's um, yeah, what do we call? She's a graphic. She's a painter. She's a she's a, well, she's a big artist within uh, painting and graphics and stuff like that. And unfortunately, okay. she died. Um, in twelve in two thousand and twelve, and as a matter of fact, it's her birthday today. I just uh, came uh, came from the graveyard, putting down some flowers at her and her husband's grave, which, um, in a strange way, ended up beside each other. But that's how it is. That was today. Yeah, today. I just okay. came in a couple of hours. Gotcha. Yeah. And- um, your, I read that your your father was sort of politically active in in Greenland. Uh, what in what capacity? What did he do? Uh, along with uh, uh, a guy called uh, Jonathan Mosfeldt, uh, they started a party back in the mid sixties that eventually became the ruling party in. Greenland, when they took over and uh, had their self uh, rule in 1979. So, yeah, in that sense, he, he is, uh, though a modest, uh, but uh, he, was, uh, he was playing a, a significant role back then. There was a pretty big transition uh, between sort of like I was reading up on it a bit, the whole Greenland wanting to be separate from what Denmark, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, like it was, and so was it like a like an independence thing? Like, what can you tell me a bit about sort of that whole situation? Well, I mean, they they had the self rule, uh, self rule. I think it's called uh, home rule. Uh, it established in nineteen seventy nine. Okay. And after that, they. Um, have worked like I guess any country would uh, for their total independence, uh, which they will have one day. But when it comes to so- sort of foreign policy, um, they are still dependent or vice versa uh, on what Denmark thinks. Right. And, uh, I mean, and right now we have the you know the, the geopolitical issues about the the polar. Um, regions like Greenland, Sweden, Norway, Russia, Canada, for that matter, that whole thing up there, you know, that um, which nobody thought about 50 years ago. But that's a yeah. big issue now. Yeah. And so but, for- uh, we still have a, 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 a what, what is it called? A nice relationship. Yeah. They are in. Uh, any sense of the word uh, Danish citizens in the sense that they can come and go like they they want to. Right. And vice versa for that matter. Right. So do people from Greenland 
like is it important an important distinction greenlandic and danish like being specific about that is that something that's important to to people no not really i mean everything has its time i guess but right now people are very uh, up on on showing their their independence or their wish to be independent, you know, like, uh, I don't know, I, I guess you've had uh, the same in Canada, you know, with the Inuit people and so forth, you know, and sometimes you don't hear about it, sometimes you hear a lot about it. I'm curious, wh- when did you develop sort of a love for acting then and want to pursue a career as an actor? When, how did that sort of come about for you? Well, uh, to tell the, the truth, I, I, I don't know, but I guess it was in the late 60s, when I graduated, I think I graduated maybe in 70, uh, from primary school and didn't know what to do. And then I went to university and studied economics and politics, stuff like that. Initially, I wanted to be a journalist. That never panned out. I mean, I didn't make it. I couldn't get into the, to the, to the school. And uh, so it was... I think it was in in 71. I just wanted to try it. And then uh, I gave it two shots and and I got in. Um, But I never really thought about it as such. Um, But, I mean, if you don't really know what to do, then it's a good place to to be because you're you're only working with, you know, a play or a film for that, that amount of, of time, and then you're on to something else. So, yeah. yeah. Like, did you think it was something you might just sort of dabble in and then you'd, you know, go run a business or do some more practical thing? I honestly don't know how to answer that question because in, in reality, I should never have been an actor. Not that I have any regret, but I think there's much more important things you can do in life uh, than be an actor frankly. Were you a movie buff when you were a kid? Did you watch a lot of movies? Did you go to the cinema? No, I, no? D- I, I don't. Uh, I didn't. Um, um, no, because I mean, there wasn't that uh, a lot of movies to be seen in Greenland when I was a kid. Uh, there was a few from time to time. Uh, and it was never in a theater. It was always in a big room with a lot of chairs you would put up and then you had this painted white wall Right, screaming and uh, whatnot. I mean, it was sort of fun, but I never went to to the movies as such. Well, um, I must admit, I, I, I mean, I and I don't know um, at the hell of a lot about theater movies. Uh, really, I mean, my life has been pretty much uh, lived on intuition, and that's sort of good to a point. Uh, but uh, but it has taken me places. Yeah, it took me to Los Angeles for ten years, and to General Hospital for I don't know how many years. And did my last show out there in nineteen, I think it was. Uh, and it took me to Romania. To, took me to Norway, Sweden. What? So uh, in that sense, it's been uh, been been fun. Yeah. I met a lot of different people, different cultures, which 
Which was nice. And your son's an actor, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's, uh, yeah, he's doing pretty good. Doing strange movies. Right now he's in, uh, in Zurich, uh, Switzerland. Uh, he'll be there for a couple of months. He's, he's doing a, a movie that includes uh, a Portuguese actors, two Germans, a, a Swiss and a Dane, and uh, a few Japanese people. So, and it uh, will take him to the Philippines as well. So that's nice. That's nice. Yeah, that's great. Were you, when your son told you, sir, that he was going to pursue a career as an actor, were you pleased about that? Or what was your response to that? Uh, well, I didn't really know that he was um, th- uh, trying to get into the, the acting school until, I think, two days before he actually tried. But And it's not that I'm pessimistic about, or anything, but I truly believe that, uh, yeah, I think there are better things to do than being an actor. <laughs> because it's a very it's a very lonely life i mean and not that i'm complaining but you know you meet people and then you part and then most of them you never see again and then it's, it's very fragmented so to speak yeah but, so but it, it took me to canada too i mean it took me to toronto um i lived there for years it was actually pretty nice after been out in la for i don't know how long to come to a civilized country <laughs> truly, I mean, there's a, a huge difference, if you ask me. Yeah, I moved to Los Angeles when I was in my early 20s, um, having grown up in the Toronto area. And I was there for two years, and then I went, mm, I'm going to go back to Toronto. Back. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I liked it a lot. We, we lived down Queen Street. Oh, yeah. I think it's called, yeah, a very uh, hip place. Yeah. Um, and had a whole morning coffee down in a little cafe. Yeah, it was great. I had a great time. Was your wife there with you? No. Uh, no. She was not. She was back in Denmark. She had, we were together out in L.A., and then she went to Denmark, and then I went to Toronto, and then uh, uh, eventually I went to New York and did a soap there and came home. And, uh, but, you know, we, we were together. I mean, then I would go home for two weeks or what. She would come over. Stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because people like, uh, you know, don't always understand that sort of when you're an actor, as you were saying, the life of sort of, you know, it's it's sort of a gypsy existence, right? You're yeah. bouncing around places. You're, yeah. you're the company you keep is constantly changing. Unlike, yeah. I guess, a gypsy who, who at least has the same companions. But, um, you know, I, I imagine that must put strain on families, I would think. Yeah, well, it, I wouldn't say it's been hard, but it's also sort of healthy to be away from each other from from time to time. I mean, so I'll figure out whether it's, it's going to work or not. But I mean, so in that sense, it, it it's been great. I mean, uh, uh, you know, my my uh, in-laws uh, live uh, lives down in in Cincinnati, so that would only be one and a half hours flight from from Toronto. And uh, uh, no, it. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. And then while I lived in Toronto, I was up there doing this soap, family passion, along with my good friend from General Hospital, Ken Schreiner, who is uh, he's very good at living. So I was right behind him. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Um, and your your wife is American. Yes, she's American. Right, dancer, choreographer. Okay. Of the theater for many years, and she's retired as well as I have taken. So right, I my pension. <laughs> yeah. And you went to. Um, is this correct that you went to the Royal Danish Theater School in Denmark? Yeah. 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 Was that, did you, do you think that was useful for you in developing your skills? Yeah, or? absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I knew nothing about acting when I came in, except that I, I mean, it was exciting. I mean, it was all new to me. There's a lot of express, expressions, a lot of, a lot of playwrights, and uh, I mean, I didn't know anything about all the things I should have known about. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was uh, I think three good years, three fun years, and uh, a lot of good friendship. And I see some of them still. So that was nice. Yeah. Do you ever so, sort of want to go back to the stage? Do you do you do, you do stage anymore? Do you ever do theater work? Yeah, well, I did until uh, I think. 18 months ago, I did my last show. Uh, and that, as far as I'm concerned, will be my stage thing. Well, you never know for sure. But it, it, I'm not complaining, but it, it, it's hard to be on stage. You have these grueling uh, rehearsals for six, seven weeks, and then you maybe play it for um, another six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. And, and and you're just not home. You know, yeah. You, you come home every night around 11, around midnight, and the house is pitch dark, you know, and it, it, well, it's only fun for so long. Yeah. yeah. Do you like that sort of relationship, though, you get to have with the audience when you're on stage? Because in film, yeah, television. Yeah. Being yeah. on stage is what, what, when it's good, it's really good. I mean, it's, it's very rewarding, uh, but it's also when it's bad, it's is horrifying. Man, I've often wondered why you can stand watching a bad movie, but it's totally impossible to watch a bad bad stage play. I mean, that is so embarrassing. I think it's the etiquette thing. When you're watching a play, you know, if you start laughing and making fun of the performers, you're an asshole. But if you're doing that with a movie, nobody cares. They can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> well, so after Critters, you went and did Subspecies, and that's in '91. Um, where and so, of course, in Subspecies, you play Radu Vladislas, who's sort of the the heavy of the franchise. Yeah. Um, I, I remember seeing Subspecies when it came out. I would have been '91, so I would have been nine years old, and uh, I had seen a lot of like vampire movies. But Radu really struck me because he was the first time I thought a vampire was actually scary. Yeah. Because, you know, I'd seen all these vampire movies with kind of these romantic yeah. vampires and they're, you yeah. know, they, they sort of talk with these romantic accents and they have, you know, nice capes and they're very, and Radu's not that, you know, he's drooling and dripping yeah, through the whole movie and just, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also there's, a, there's something endearing about about Radu. Yeah. You know I mean, he's, he's, he's horrifying, but he's appealing at the same time. Yeah. Um, how did you book the part of Radu? Do you remember the audition process for the film? Yeah. You, you remember the guy that's playing my brother in, uh, in the first one? Uh, 
Michael yes. Watson. He had been yep. down in a break when we, we were working at General Hospital at the time, and I think it was um, during a lunch break that he went down to an audition. Then he came back and told me to go down there because he he managed to arrange a audition for me right here and now. So I went down there and. Um, I don't know. I went to, to an audition. I, I think it took, yeah, I don't know, 10 minutes. And that was it. And then I I had the part uh, the next day or something. It, it went wow. very fast. Wow. And, uh, uh, and uh, you know, it's due to Michael Watson. Have you stayed in touch with him? Uh, at no, all? I tried, as a matter of fact, but he kept um, disappearing. and. Uh, I don't know what happened to him, and I mean, he was he was a difficult guy to to live with. I, what do I know? But to to be around from time to time because he he had a lot of mood swings and uh, he would just disappear. But I liked him a lot, and uh, uh, he was a good colleague on General Hospital and on. Uh, the first um, soft movie there, and um, I liked him a lot because he was um, he was different. He's a good actor. He's a quieter, sort of subtler character in the film, so it's easy to overlook how strong he is in the yeah. part. And I think he's very good. Yeah, at he is. Uh, um, yeah, because with Radu, who who is you know, he is all over the place. Um, yeah, and he's a big presence, yeah. right? I mean, Radu doesn't come subtly into a scene, even when he's a shadow. You're like, there's yeah. Radu. Um, but, but you know, Watson has to sort of play this sort of foil to Radu. Yeah. He has to be the opposite, yeah. you know, the, the straight man. And that's always less less fun, I think. Yeah. Um, yes, I guess it is. But I, I like playing that kind of part. But I must admit, that's not exactly Radu. But it, to play um, the big parts, I, I actually like that, to come in and keep the, the lead. Uh, you know, I mean, to be, be the part or, or not the part, but be a part of telling the lead story is, um, I like that. And sometimes I think it may, may be easier too for that. Maybe. I don't know, but uh, I like playing those big parts. It's uh, it's fun because you you come in and you do the your thing and then you're out and then you leave it to the lead, you know. And so, I don't know. Yeah. But he was good. He was good. When you first read the script, do you remember sort of your initial impressions of the material itself, of the story? The only thing I remember is that I didn't have a clue what to do about it because I, I never watched a <laughs> vampire movie before. And Right. Yeah. No, I didn't have a, a clue uh, to what to do. But, I mean, then... Uh, I was lucky that, uh, and that's the reason why we're going to do number four, whatever it is. Um, no, no, we have to thank five. number five, okay? But but we, but we have yeah. to thank uh, Ted for uh, a lot, okay, for his patience and his love for yeah for for the subspecies as such. I mean, otherwise it had never materialized. It's funny too when you look at the first one. And you see sort of all this footage of the little creatures when you breaks the finger and 
you know, all this stuff that Ted had to do to first with the, the, the actors playing those creatures and then had to scrap all that. You know, I, I don't think it was a fun shoot for Ted in all and a lot. No, of it wasn't. I mean, and, uh, and uh, we didn't make it fun, fun for him either. I mean, I think we were a bunch of horrifying spoiled actors for, for quite a while at least, but the, the whole uh, first shoot was, it was a mess. I mean, I mean, as I said, we were supposed to be there for four weeks. We ended up being, being there for 15 weeks. I mean, it, people do go crazy, and I certainly went crazy, and so did Michael <laughs> and some of the girls. I mean, the, uh, the Michelle character, I think it is, uh, played by Laura Tate. Uh, May, Laura May Tate, and I mean, she got so frustrated at some point that she simply, uh, which I totally understand. But I mean, it was, I mean, Ted had a lot to to fight with. When you were shooting the first film with Ted, did you sort of identify that it was a lot on his play? Like, did you appreciate that? Or was it not till later that you kind of realized that, oh, geez, Ted had a lot to deal with there? I think I became a nicer person to be around during the shoot. I mean, I was, I think I was pretty horrifying the first five, six, seven <laughs> weeks. I mean, I, mean I, I was bad. I was bad. I was really bad. Yeah. Ted told me that, that there was a lot of, of drinking that went on. And yeah. then he said, uh, I think he said by the second one, he sat down with you and said, well, can drink at the end of the day. We'll have a drink then. Yeah, but that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, that is true. I mean, the, the first one, it, it was, I mean, it was bad for many reasons. I mean, first of all, I, most of us didn't behave. Secondly, uh, we were made in a revolution, which meant that every time there was a demonstration uh, which were the first time that the Romanian people as such had the chance to go out in the streets. You know, all the uh, the whole movie uh, crew would just uh, leave what they had in their hands and then go into the streets. And then we were there standing, now what? You know, and uh, then and then it was uh, shot during the wintertime and it was fucking freezing cold out in the forest and uh, we had no place to go and heat ourselves. And I mean, it, it was... There were so many things that, you know, either you cried, you laughed, or you drank, or you were screaming. There was no nothing in between. You know, I'm and, and I'm not trying to come up with any excuses as such, but it people did go mad. People did go, mad. and then there was also the which didn't make it easier. You imagine you would buy five wonderful bottles of red wine for a dollar or two. You know, I mean. <laughs> so uh, it was, no, it was bad. It was bad. But um, but we, uh, during the shoot, we found, found each other and uh, we are the best friends uh, today. And been for, what is it now, 30, 35 years. So, um, no. No, so, I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know how to put it, but every time I think about uh the first shoot, it wasn't fun. And I don't think there's a lot of people who would claim it was fun because it uh, it was evil. And it didn't sort of bring the best part out in any of us. 
I, I read that it was the first film to shoot in Romania after well, there was a kind of an overthrow or yeah. something, and then the government. Yeah, Ce- Ceausescu had been a dictator for I don't know at that point for something like twenty or thirty years was was thrown out. You know, and people were killed in the street. It was a very dramatic time in Romania, such a. Um, which was also beautiful, sort of to, to, to be a part of in the sense that you could see how people were elated, happy, screaming, laughing, crying, whatnot. You know? But it was, in that sense, it was a beautiful time. I mean, really, I mean, we were in the midst of it. So. Do you think it sort of might have helped even out sort of the playing field too? Because, you know, a lot of the times, like for you, um, you know, as, as an actor coming uh, from an, another country, a Danish actor coming to do an American film, well, this American film shooting in Romania. So all the Americans are off their home turf too. So you kind of were all in it together. Whereas, you know, if you were shooting in LA, you would have been sort of coming from somewhere else to do this American movie. But in this case, you guys all went to Romania. Do you think that kind of helped Created camaraderie between you and, and and Ted and the actors. Yeah, in in a way, but uh, without being better than anybody else. I mean, I really felt that I was more on the Romanian side than on the American side because, uh, right? Because I mean, I, I've been living in Greenland. Not that Greenland and Romania have anything to do with each other as such, but I mean the. I would claim that the Danish and the Romanian culture, in a sense, is is closer than the Danish and the American. I'll tell you something that which I find strange. You know, I'm a Dane, and I was in Romania, and I was speaking um, English, and I had it this experience that when I was talking to the Romanians in English, I would try to speak as sort of easy. English, if you know what I mean. I mean, and easy. Make sure that they understood what I was saying. And then I would speak my normal English to Ted and whatever. And then when I was off, then I would suddenly speak Danish. And that was very strange because I was not on home turf at any point. I mean, <laughs> he's really <laughs> lost. Yeah. He's not speaking English anymore. But, um, <laughs> but the beautiful thing about it, all in all, was that we made these uh, four movies, I think maybe over, I don't know, 10 years or something, maybe less. Um, and yeah. it was basically the same crew all the time, you know. And so we would, people would get married, get divorced, have kids. And uh, so in, in that sense, we followed each other. That was, that was a beautiful thing. And it's interesting to to me to look at, you know, the portrayal of Radu that you've created and, you know, Ted as well. Um, but but Radu is this kind of, you know, as I said earlier, he's kind of such a far cry from the sort of romanticized vampires that people might be used to. Do you think because you didn't have a familiarity with a lot of other portrayals of vampires and stuff that it might have helped you to create this very unique character? Like you weren't influenced by you know Bella Lugosi no, or anyone I else. Seen the way any a lot of that, would be. and I, uh, oh, uh, right, oh, I didn't, and and I didn't see what his name Klaus Kinski either. 
uh, he did uh, Vampire. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the truth is that after we've been drinking for three or four weeks, uh, because uh, the shoots were postponed all the time, and then all of a sudden one day Ted came and announced that we would shoot the following day, which everybody, you know, just about to throw up, laughing, whatever, and go away. You said that for two weeks now. I mean, but then <laughs> Ted took me out to the set, and then he asked me, and then we were walking around there, and then he said, well, you tell me how this character talks, how he walks, and whatnot. And at that point, I've, which I'm not, I'm not proud of, you know, anything like that. But I mean, but at that point, I've had at least two bottles of red wine every fucking day since we arrived, and then smoked twenty cigarettes a day. And you know, I was not an actor. I was, I was not me. I was, I was nothing. I was basically a monster, so to speak. And then I started talking like that. Yeah. And then he said, "Okay, that's it, my friend." That's the way we're going to go. And that's, uh, that's how that part of the, the character came about. That was a lot of red wine and cigarettes. I read something about how you based the character partially, and I'm sure this isn't true, on uh, the voice that Brando did for The Godfather. Is that no, true? that's not true. I, mean, I don't think, I don't recall I've said that. Uh, no, I don't really. No, I don't know. I mean, I uh, specifically remember we were walking out on the ground on the set, beautiful setting. Um, and Ted just asked me, how does he speak? Let me hear. Say a couple of lines here. And uh, then I just came up with this voice. And, uh, and that was it. You're going back to play Radu again, you know, yeah. this summer. Um, you know, have you been sort of, do you have to practice at all to do, to get the voice again, or does it just come no, back? No, I think like it will come back just like that, more or less. Um, I'm pretty sure about that. I mean, otherwise, uh, Ted will be all over me because what happened when we were supposed, uh, when we started shooting the second one, I asked him if we could try to come up with Radu with another voice, you know. And he said, no fucking way. <laughs> we locked in, my friend, and here we go. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. uh, it will be pretty much the same. And I don't know, I'm, uh, I don't know how it's going to uh, come about in the script. And I'll take it with me when I, I go to Cincinnati. I'll spend, I don't know, a week or 10 days out there and really get it down. So, Ted wrote the yeah, script? Yeah, Ted wrote the script. Yeah, it's right there. Sub five, I think it even says, yeah, subspecies five, blood rice. I mean, the other thing, of course, to Radu is not just the voice, that there's a phys- this is extremely physical performance. Radu doesn't move like honest. Like if I see you in other movies, you don't move the way that Radu no. moves. So it's, it's a total transformation, right? Your voice, your appearance, but you, also the way you move. Like how, how did you construct the way that you thought Radu would move? Like in terms of, of, of when you get into a scene and you're blocking, you know, how did you decide that he would sort of skulk through a scene? I think it had to do with the long fingers uh, in, the, in the first one because I couldn't put my hands in the pocket. I couldn't 
I mean, it, they, they were pretty dominating that those hands and fingers, you know. So, so, I mean, they sort of dictated how to walk and sit and do whatever. I mean, I couldn't really hold a lot of things, you know. I mean, it, so it was pretty much determined by by my hands, I think. I mean, when I was mm-hmm. walking the hallways and I would have these fingers out from the from their from the body and whatnot. I mean, so, I mean, they took the lead, so to speak. And uh, on the second movie, I think I had some gloves on because they, they kept falling off in the first one when we were shooting. And uh, so, I, I think it's going to be uh, the same this time around. I mean, it's something people probably don't even think of, right? It's like when you're as an actor, you use your hands a lot. Most yeah. actors, at least, you to gesture and you know. But if you have these alien things on your fingers, it's going to change how you move yeah. your hands, and so it's going to change how yeah, you perform. Absolutely, uh, I think it's going to make it easier for me. I haven't done a lot of acting for a long time. I mean, it's a year ago I stopped. Eighteen months ago I stopped at the Royal Theatre. Then uh, I've done hard things since, but. You know, I, I don't really consider myself as an actor anymore. I'm talking a lot about that to to Ted, uh, whether I can pull it off one more time. I really sure, sure hope I can, but, I mean, he, he's going to help me. He's going to help. I'm going to have a wig on, right. too. It was my own hair back then, you know. I don't have that much hair anymore, and it's definitely gray by now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, that was always yeah, your own hair? that was my own hair. Okay. So, I mean, I have to have a wig that's going to come around at some point, um, black hair, you know, because it, I'm going to start out as a, as a quote unquote normal. It's got, it's going to, it's a prequel, right? So uh, right. I'm going to start out as a normal guy and normal old guy and then, and then whatever. And then all of a sudden we have this Radu character. So, um, we're going to find a big black wig to put on at some point. When Kevin Spiritus was on the show, he was talking about doing yeah. the new one. And I said to Kevin, I'm like, it's sort of a weird, chronologically, it's sort of a weird thing to wait 20 years later to do something that took place yeah. before. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin was like, but I'm not playing the same character. And I was like, now yeah. I understand. Yeah, because I was like, how that Mel is a normal guy. His character is like, you know, not. No, uh, no, but I think it's wonderful you want to be on the show and that he is on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love he's Kevin. a lot of he's fun and a lot of good energy. And uh, I just love that guy. So I don't know what it's called. He's going to call, play my assistant in, in the big, okay. first big okay. part of the movie. And uh, then he's going to die and I'm going to do whatever. And uh, I don't know. But it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun <laughs> to have him around. And he is really when you were yeah. oh he's great he's so great yeah he's a great actor and he's like such a uh, you know I met him when he came on the show to talk about the movies and we became friends then and now we talk regularly yeah. and he's such a friendly sort of yeah, he, person he one thing that I've never thought about but that I've been told and if you're listening Kevin then uh, correct me if I'm wrong but. Back then, and I never thought about that, but back then, and what was it? In 89, we made the first one, or 91? Or what, when it came out in 91, so I'm going to guess you shot it in 90, I'm going to Yeah, we probably shot it in 90. 
But back then, it was not, I mean, sort of common to to be gay in the sense that you were out of the closet. Yep. And I think Kevin had, at the time of his life, being in Romania in the sense that nobody gave a damn whether he was a queer man, girl, or whatever, or just Kevin. So, And that's something I just thought about many years later, that it was for all of us, for that matter, there was room for everything uh, those 14 weeks, you know, which, uh, which was quite unique, I think, if nothing else. And there was a lot of bad stuff, too, as we talked about. But as human beings, we were always, when, when it really came down to it, I mean, we were there for each other. And I think that was, that was a good thing. And I also think that's why it's possible to, to gather the same people now again. No, so, I mean, if, if my feeling about that can be translated into to the movie, or put in other words, if, if that should carry a good movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I just want to put that in. I mean, in the, in the first one, too, it's interesting. The film starts with your character killing his father, played by Angus Scrim, who's yeah. well-known. John Rackett. Now I'm going to guess he was there for like a day or something, probably. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was truly in and out, and then uh, I didn't really get to talk to him. I mean, I think he was there for 24 hours, and he was out. Did you know that he was sort of a well-loved genre actor? Uh, no, I didn't. No, uh, but I was. I wasn't told until, until yeah after. But yeah, he was in his own right, absolutely. And you didn't. So you don't remember really getting to chat with him or anything. No, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, we didn't talk much. I didn't talk a lot uh, to what's the other guy who was in that movie, Michael Della Femina, who played yeah. Bob. Yeah, yeah, Bob. Didn't talk yeah. to him either. I mean, he, I don't know if he was there for one or two days, but that, uh, yeah, it, it was strange. But that that's how it is sometimes, you know. On these yeah. shoots, you, you come in and then you do your thing and then you out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool to see in the movie. It's kind of fun for horror fans because Angus Grimm is well known for playing the tall man, who is a very prominent genre villain. And then Radu, of course, is also a prominent genre villain. So having the two of them together in that first scene of any of the whole series is kind of yeah. fun, yeah. I think, for fans. I, I, you know, I've, I, I know there was always talk of it would, be, it would have been fun if if Angus Grimm had been able to come back, but of course he's no longer with us. Yeah, no, he's no longer with. Um, you, now, the subspecies movies were done for, of course, Charlie Band, Charles Band of, of Full Moon, which is, you know, who's an iconic genre producer in his own right. Were you familiar with Charles Band or with, with sort of his reputation when you, when you started the project? No. I, no. I, yeah, as may sound jaded, I don't know, but I mean, I, I didn't know anything. I truly didn't know anything. And if it hadn't been me meeting Michael, at the parking lot at General Hospital, um, I would not have been playing Radu. I mean, it really is as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Being in a certain place at a certain time kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. <laughs> um, you know, now you, I'm guessing you've met Charlie Band since, right? Yeah. 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 And uh, no, we, 
know, we've been fighting about why this hasn't happened, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. Uh, but now, you know, now we're going to try to pull it off one way or another. I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the second subspecies film, Bloodstone, yeah. um, I think it's probably of all Charlie Band's films and, and of all Ted's films, like this, the slickest, most well-produced, well-acted film of, yeah. of any of their films. Um, and, and I, you know, I think that there's moments like I think of it. I can't remember now if it's the second film or the third film, but you remember the scene where Michelle is standing out on kind of like a balcony and the sun's about to come up and Radu comes out and says to her, you know, we need to go back inside. And she says, you know, I just want to stay for a little bit longer. And he says, okay, we'll say until it, until it's too painful. And they have this kind of moment together. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, I think so. Uh, th- yeah, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought that scenes like that give the subspecies films a sort of texture and intimacy that you don't see in a lot of horror films, because essentially to me, a scene like that, demonstrates that really the the subspecies films are kind of a love story right there it's the yeah, story yeah. of this yeah I, I think they are i mean the, the, there is this uh, i don't know what you call it but, but in the middle of this horror movie you have these sort of uh, normal human touches you know and uh, i like that uh, at least good for me and i think it's good for michelle too for, for Denise, you know, to, to forget that you actually are playing these strange characters that, that you forget your makeup, your costume, your whatever, you know, and, you know, love is love, <laughs> whichever way you want to put it. So, and I hope there's going to be a little bit more of that in, in, the, in the first one because it's, um, you know, if, if you have two minutes of that, then you can... It's easier to do the next 10 minutes, so to speak. So. Well, I feel like, too, when you watch a scene like that, where you get to see the side of Radu, you know, that shows more than just the, the you know, the, the let there be a bloodbath type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Radu is, is very yeah. devious kind of character. He's always yeah. scheming. and But then in a scene like that, where you sort of get a sense of the tragic nature of this character, right? Yeah. Did, you, did, did you view Radu when, when you're playing him as a, as a tragic character? Absolutely, I think he. I think he is. I mean, he. He is a tragic, almost to the point of pathetic character, you know, and um, yeah, and he's you know over the top, uh, very often. And in that sense, it's good to have a scene like that. You you mention as a try to balance it out a bit, you know. And, yeah, you know, otherwise it's too much. If everything is is in the red, then uh, it's not that interesting anyway. Yeah, I mean, I think if Radu was just this kind of snarling, you know, like let there be a bloodbath kind of yeah. guy, and that's all he was, I'm not sure that he would have the kind of staying power he's had. I don't know if he would resonate with people the way that he does if he was just that thing. No, no, I, t- I totally agree. Totally agree. And, uh, yeah, and I hope we'll find uh, you know a few few moments like that in in the final movie. Is Ted is that is that sort of Ted? Do you think as well as Ted a, a romantic person? Do you think he sort of tried to interject that into the story? 
Yeah, but it is that. I mean, he wrote it, and Ted is romantic, and, uh, sentimental, sweetheart. I mean, he. Uh, so why wouldn't it be in the movies? Do I, I think it should be. Yeah. It's fun to watch, too, in the second and third one when they brought in the, the mummy character, Pamela Gordon's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's what a lot of fun. She was. She was. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was talking to Denise on the phone, and yeah. she brought up Pamela Gordon and said what a what an interesting character she was. Tell me a bit about her, the actress. I mean, see, I mean, I would complain about sitting in makeup for three hours early in the morning. I mean, her costume and her makeup. I mean, I don't know how she how she did it. I mean, I I remember we were de- doing this. Uh, I don't know whether it must be in the third. Didn't she? She came on in the third, right? She, uh, the second, and then she got killed off in the third. Okay, then in the, I think it, in the third, at some point, we we are in this uh, room. I, I don't even know where it was, but me and her, where I'm going to say something, uh, I'm gonna chant something, and she would, di- and we would disappear. But yes. that room was in in a cave out in the mountain, and to get into that room, you had to crawl up some uh, a pretty long ladder, and then walk in there. And the and she was brought in there by one of the guys from uh, one of the film workers who actually carried her up on the ladder. She was in full makeup. She was in everything and then carried her onto the set. I mean, and she would, she totally accepted that. And at that point, I think, she must have been, I think she was 50 or something. I mean, she was not exactly young anymore. But, I mean, she she accepted everything, everything. I had a blast with her. It's funny too watching you guys do that scene, like the one where you, um, she sticks like a spear in the wall, and you guys had to do this chant to make yeah. it disappear. Yeah, and you start yelling out this crazy incantation. Yeah, I was like, do you, were you actually saying anything, or was it just random nonsense? No, I was saying something. Oh, were you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm saying what uh, I was saying. And that is actually Greenlandish. And it means my father is dead and my mother is out of her freaking mind. <laughs> that's funny what it means. Fits. You know, it, it fits perfect. That's great. I never knew that. I never knew that. That's fantastic. Well, yeah, I met, I met some people from Greenland who saw it and, um, and they love it. Because it's the first and only time they're here. <laughs> yeah, vampires speaking Greenlanders. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, one of the things that's fun too is you watch, you know, by the second and third one, the Radu makeup had changed a bit. I think it was probably a little easier to take it on and off, I'm guessing. Yeah, not really. Not really. No, but I mean, really? The glove, I'm guessing, is easier than the, the finger appliance. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, uh, in the second and the third, it was much easier to uh, to put the fingers on and off. Yeah, because it they turned it into a, a glove, which I think was a very good idea. Yeah. Otherwise, we put them on, you know, 
every They'd single snap one off and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah and they would fall off and it was cold and you had this uh, well, i don't know what it's called condensed water uh, and it, it was a nightmare but um yeah, like I can't even imagine trying to go to the bathroom with those hands on. That no, must have been. I don't even talk about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean out, out in the forest. I mean, it was a nightmare. What? The other thing, of course, that changed a lot from the first one to the second one was the cast because Michelle was recast, Denise Duff. Would yeah. come on to play Michelle, yeah. Kevin, and you know, and then Melanie Shatner. Like you had all these different people come in, yeah. so you were the only actor to carry over. Um, you know, were, were you like, uh, did you find that you got comfortable quickly with the new cast, or, or did you kind of do your own thing? Yeah, I, I, I think I had a, I had a great time with with all of them for that matter. Uh, yeah, it was it was easy to work with, and I don't know if I would. Easy to work with, but I, but I hope so. But I mean, that's uh, I kept working with uh, uh, Michelle, right? Or what's her name? Sweet Denise. Uh, and you know, I still talk to Denise from uh, from time to time, and uh, she's a sweetheart, and she is uh, she's a hard worker. She's uh, she's done a lot for this franchise, uh, the hell of a lot. And, uh, and she's good to, to and she, she can talk to anybody. I mean, when we've been on at these uh, conventions and whatnot, I mean, she will talk up a storm with anybody. I'm, I'm not yeah. very good at that. I mean, uh, she, she can talk to anybody. And uh, in that sense, she's, yeah, she's carried a lot of this. She really has. It's great to see her in the, in the films, too, because Michelle is like, you know, next to Radu, the most important character in these movies. Yeah, really, um, yeah. Yeah. And and Denise, I think, brought such. Um, I'm, and, and this isn't saying anything against the actress in the first film, but but I thought Denise brought something to that character that really brought her alive in a way that we hadn't seen in the first film. Yep, yeah, I, I totally agree. In the second, third, and fourth movie, for that matter, it it became legal, so to speak, to act more than than just being there on the screen, if you know what I mean. I mean, some of the acting in, in, in the latter movies, are, you know, is out to every corner of the screen. You know, not right, a, yeah. And Radu, too, for that. But but also, Denise, she really, I mean, when she was on, she was on, you know. And, uh, and she doesn't miss a beat. And, uh, and I think it's... Uh, and she's also a bit... But but then again, I mean, it just it brings me back to to that uh, love scene or whatever we would call it. I mean, it is um, sort of nice to see them totally relaxed and at ease. And uh, well, you can tell, it. you know, you, you can tell that Radu, you know, whether he should or shouldn't is a different question. But he loves her. You know what I mean? He he's yeah. yeah. He she she means everything to him and. And there's almost as the series moves on, you get this sense of there's, you know, she'll never forgive Radu for what he did to her, but she understands more about what makes him tick. And, and yeah. she doesn't, she always, she tells him she hates him. But as a viewer, you're like, does she though? It's like with that conflict of if she hates him, why does she also seem to sympathize with him? I mean, I think they, they live off each other. You know, I mean, they, I mean, if Radu dies, she dies. And, 
the other way around too. So, yeah, particularly in the fourth one, there's that moment where those the people have all attacked Radu and they've pinned him to the ground, and she saves him. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an interesting dynamic that keeps it. You know, keeps these two. Uh, you know, after each other, but also they, there's that love there that keeps it from just being, you know, predator prey or, you know, that kind of vampire Dracula thing. Yeah, but it's pretty much, I mean, it is the same in, 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 in real life, so to speak. I mean, to be around Denise on these conventions or with Denise for that matter is that she's taking charge, you know. Right. Charge. You, we go this way, and you shut up, you sit down, you sign there, you shut up. I mean, see, um, and it's a bit the same in in the movies. Yeah, I was watching this video I saw of, I guess it was, I don't know when this was, but you were in at Full Moon's offices, and they were taking you for lunch or something. Ted is there, and Denise is there. And uh, you, you, I think, had just flown in, and Denise is like, leading you around, like showing you where to go. And like, yeah. and she's, she's touching you a lot. She keeps touching your face and, you know, and you get a real sense that she has real affection for you. It's very sweet. Yeah. I mean, Jim, uh, I like her a lot. I mean, she, she's extremely noisy in the best sense of the word. You, know, <laughs> you don't have to say a lot when she's around. You don't have to do a lot. I mean, she, she'll run the party. So, <laughs> And I guarantee you that's how it's going to be in Serbia, too. Yes, I, I I don't imagine that will change. When you guys came back to do the fourth one, which would have been, I don't know, let me see here, six years after you guys finished the third one. Oh, yeah. Which was the biggest gap between any of yeah. the films. Until now, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, the makeup changed. The cast changed a lot because Kevin and, and Melanie Shannon did not return for that one. They get killed off in a car accident, which... Yeah was sort of a disappointing thing. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, for that one, you know, was it a thing like you, Ted had gone and done this Vampire Journals movie and he kind of mixed that in with subspecies. So you had this yeah. other actor, Jonathan Morris. Yeah. That you had. What was he like to work? Because he's really fun in the movie. It's the scenes between Radu and his, and his, and his protege. Those are fun scenes in the film. John Morris, yeah. No, he, he was fun to work with. He was, he was very British. You know, that was, right. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. And he was knackered and he was, <laughs> I don't know what, but uh, you know, we had a good time with him. Uh, and I think he should have been in this movie too somehow. I don't know. I have no idea where he is today, but. It's a, it's a great scene, that one, where he, you come in and you're like, I'm going to take your girlfriend and I'm going to take your place and I'm going to take this. And he's just steaming. Like, it's such a fun scene to see Radu like, get to just assert himself like that. Uh, you know, those scenes must be fun to play. They were, they, they were fun. We, we had fun. But, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I don't remember every scene exact as... Uh, as that, I mean, to down to what we did and not do, and uh, I just remember that, what I remember specifically is that he was so so British that I couldn't help laughing about him and, and cup of tea and uh, I'm knackered. I mean, that, I heard that a lot. You know, <laughs> I'm knackered. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, Ted has talked about how the fourth film was a bit kind of hampered by budget problems. Were you aware of that, those problems while you were making the film at all? Or The truth is that all the movies were hampered by it. Because, I mean, I mean, Charlie, listen hard now. I mean, get the fucking money out of your pocket. You know, because he was... No, I, th- I think I think uh, Charlie missed out uh, big time on uh, on not making uh, a five. I mean, twenty years ago, something like that. I mean, it could have been a franchise to, you know, to can can you imagine if we had made number seven or eight now with old people playing vampires? I mean, it could have been quite remarkable. But I mean, so in that sense, he did, uh, I think Charlie missed out on a lot. I don't know why he did, but uh, yeah. I mean, when well, it comes I mean, to money, I mean, he was sitting on the money as well as he's sitting on the money on on the one we're going to do now. I mean, we, I don't know what the budget is, but um, maybe ten dollars. <laughs> it, it's it's basically nothing. I mean, there's there's. There's a part in the fourth one where Radu says to, I think it's to, oh, you know, he says to to Ash, Jonathan Morris's character's pretty one, as he calls her. Yeah. Which, uh, I love these little things that Radu says, by the way, like pretty one, these fletchling, these little, yeah. these little expressions he's developed over the movies. And I hope that they'll all be <laughs> in the new one. But yeah. uh, he has this great line where he says, you should fear me because I am a monster. And it's a great line that plays on on two levels, right? It's true. He's a he's an actual monster. But it's also interesting to me to think of like that that's how Radu sees himself. Do you think Radu has a philosophical quality to him? Like do you think he thinks about his own fate and his own, you know, more morality and when how he became what he is? Uh yeah, I do. I think that we'll see part of that. Uh <laughs> In the movie we're going to do now, uh, because in in essence, I think he's a good guy. In essence, he he want to do the right thing, and he, he want to help people. He want to help whatever. But I mean, he's just I mean, he's just a victim of what happens to him. Yeah, but, but he keep, carries that. The good memory along with him, which is um, which is a disaster for him. Which al- this also makes him extremely horrifying and gruesome from time to time. But yeah, uh, but then again, you have these these scenes with Denise where he, you know, where he gives it all up for for a second or two. But I mean, if you think too much about that, then well, then he is going to die somehow, you know, if a vampire can die. Yeah. Yeah. There's a line where I think he says um, to someone that, that he can't, that, that he believes he can't be killed. That he believes he can't die. And I've always wondered if from Radu's perspective, if when he says that line, if to him, that's, that's what his curse is, is that he just keeps coming back. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the only one who can kill Radu is Radu himself. I mean, uh, and how that would 
come about, I don't know. But um, yeah, he, he's restless. He, um, there's no way back for that creature. You think there's no redemption for Radu? No, the, no, not as such. But uh, his big wish would be that he could die. You know? But there's something in the stories and in, in Ted's head that does that he can't die, and that that is a curse. That is, yeah, a curse for for also for Honest Hove, who's just to keep putting on Radu makeup every year. Yeah, that, that, yeah, well, that, yeah, that is a bitch. <laughs> so I'm curious, honest, like, do you think that this next film where you're you're coming back to play Radu, do you think this will be your last time playing, or do you do you want to keep playing him as long as as Ted wants to keep doing these movies? Well, it's uh, it's a good it's a good question because I mean sometimes I, uh, as I said earlier, I don't, I don't know if I can pull it off anymore. Uh, and I don't want to sound jaded or anything, but uh, but I think if should Ted come up with yet another one after we've done this one, uh, then I think there would be a reason to do it. But but I you know I don't I don't really want to speculate too much about that until we've we done with the, with number five. As Ted wrote me the other day and said that he. I can't believe we're going to do this. And then I said, well, to, uh, then I, my answer to him was, well, let's talk about that when it's done, you know, because yeah. um, I, it's going to be tough. Not that I'm complaining as such, but it, yeah, it's going to be tough. And you're not, you're not shooting in Romania this time. No, we're not. We're in Serbia, which, uh, which I hope is going to be okay. You know, it's a strange country. Yeah. Uh, Russian lovers, and uh, it's always been a strange country in that in in a, in a European context. Um, but um, then again, I mean, it's all down to money. You know, it's yeah. there because it's cheap. So, right. I hope it's going to be okay. And Ted and I have talked about that we'll go to Romania when, when the shoot is done to, yeah, look for other possibilities. For yeah, because how are you guys going to without the castles and stuff? I mean, I they won't have. Yeah, well, right? it's gonna be it's gonna be very different. Uh, yeah, but it is a prequel, so maybe that will excuse it. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. And well. What what else is uh what else have you got coming up? You're gonna do a new subspecies and then just you know no more plays, no more movies for a little while after that. No, I mean I I, I do bit parts here and there. I saw you've worked with Lars von Trier a few times. He's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, but there's also bit parts and uh, but but I like him a lot. I have a hell of a lot of respect for him uh, for what he's done for Danish movies and for movies as such. He's a uh, yeah, he's a strange, wonderful creature. He's done a lot of good things for for Danish. He makes films. strange, wonderful films as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. And he's he's gonna come up with the uh, I don't know what it's called in 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 English, but uh, he made a serious back 
maybe 20, 25 years ago called Ride. I don't know what it's called in what it's called in English. That's one. But he's gonna but he's gonna redo that and it's gonna come out in the fall. So he did that one about the hospital. Yeah, it's a, it's a, he's coming out with a new one at the hospital. Um, Kingdom then, Hospital, I think, is the uh, English title of it. Yeah, that's probably right. The Kingdom or something. Yeah, he's come out. Right. Take two now. Yeah, yeah and that happens all the time. You, uh, there was another show. You, uh, was it The Killing? That was a Danish series, and then they turned it into an American one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they're going to do a third season of that. That's not been decided yet. But right now, there's a lot of speculation about whether there are going to be a lot of Danish uh, production since uh, Netflix or whatever it's called has uh, let us all know that we are too expensive to work with. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you so much, Honest, for coming on and chatting with me and sharing your memories and stuff. It's been really a lot of fun. You are so welcome, Kevin. And I and I'm wondering if uh, if after you've done the new film, if, if I can get I'm gonna see if I can get you and Ted and, and Denise and Kevin all on to, to yeah. talk about the new film after it's finished. Yeah, I would love that. I would love it. It's fun to have everybody together on yeah. the show. Yeah. Because I've I've gotten to kind of go down memory lane with all of you individually, so I think it'd be a lot of fun to get everyone together and talk about how this new one goes. Yeah, I will be there. I'll be there, absolutely. I'm going to hold you to it. All right, thank you so much, Honest. You're welcome, and thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Kevin Lane Spill Your Guts with host and filmmaker Kevin Lane. Kevin Lane Spill Your Guts was created by Kevin Lane and produced by Cindy McLean. The Spill Your Guts theme and incidental music was created by composer Mike Haddon. Original artwork generously provided by Matthew Terrian. Our supervising producer is Jason Hill. For exclusive bonus content, giveaways, and contests, be sure to subscribe to our Patreon account at www.patreon.com forward slash spillyourguts. All one word. Spill Your Guts is only made possible by our supporters and listeners like you. If you'd like to show your support and enjoy ad-free versions of Kevin's conversations with some of horror culture's titans of terror, as well as the many hours of bonus content, consider subscribing to our channel. But that's not the only way you can support what we do. If you like what you hear and you want more, get the word out to your friends, your family, random people on the street, Retail cashiers, unattended babies, the hot guy you work with, on-duty members of law enforcement, anyone with a pair of ears and a taste for the guts and gore of horror. This has been Kevin Lane's Spill Your Guts. Thanks for listening.